long, but there we go. Okay. Uh, yeah, so medium <laughs> medium price of a three-bedroom rental in Cambridge, Massachusetts today is $3,770. I'm Christopher Schmidt, and this is Renters Matter. Uh, so, uh, exciting things in the week. Not a whole lot. Not a whole lot. Last week, I got really upset and disappointed and angry uh, about the city's proposed change to um, incentive zoning prices. Uh, this is something that um, has really been bothering me because... It really ties into a lot of how the city manages development and and all this other stuff. Uh, tonight was the city's hearing at the ordinance committee on this topic where they were planning to raise the incentive zoning fee by only $2 per square foot. Uh, this had been a proposal by Councillor Zondervan back in December to try and move forward on a small piece of the Nexus study. Um, it is clear from the conversation at the ordinance committee today that there was a lot of confusion about what the heck the point of this meeting was. Uh, the Community Development Department had pre clearly prepared a 24-slide deck uh, that had taken 45 minutes to go through at the planning board the previous night. Um, it had tons of talking about what the rates were in other cities, you know, what impacts would be, why they'd done it this way, etc., etc. Um, and I think the confusion came from a straightforward direction. It came from the fact that the, re the, the study made a recommendation of $2 increase plus $1 in years going forward, and, and it was proposed by the city council in December to go ahead and move forward with a part of that study, but then not discuss the whole study now and discuss the study later. That meeting for the study to be discussed has not been scheduled, it has not been carried forward, it's not been really attacked in any you know meaningful uh, way to this point, and I think that a lot of people on the council were like, I don't really know what's happening here. We're going to discuss this, but I don't know when or where or how or whatever. So um, I, I went and spoke in front of the council and I kind of beat them up for that. And I said, you know, look, I'm not, I, you'll do whatever you're going to do. That's fine. But I feel like we need to have a bigger discussion here. And, and I'm disappointed that it's not scheduled yet, that it hasn't been moving forward, that there hasn't been movement on this. And, and I get, and you know, it's, it's, it's you know, there's only so many meetings you can have in a week. You got to schedule things. You got to do these things. But, but I feel like more progress could have been made. Uh, and and the fact that we hadn't yet is something that I thought was worth was worth raising. So, um, I appreciated that. Uh, the conversation went pretty well. They did actually manage to kind of say like, yes, we will really deal with this. There was some back and forth about increasing it beyond just the two dollars to three dollars. So it's twenty dollars and ten cents instead of nineteen dollars and ten cents. Um, you know, it's, it's one of the cases where I think everyone who came out to speak in this case was, uh, speaking in favor of increasing the rate more. Um, and you know, it, it's, it's nice to have kind of a, a unified voice within the community for pushing more. Of course, there is the problem here that the, within the community is, is part of the problem here, right? Like this is a cost that goes primarily on developers, primarily on business owners, primarily on folks who don't ha tend to have as much say in municipal politics because, you know, they're not voters or, you know, know other things like that um so it was it was a little bit like I felt you know kind of odd that I didn't feel like all voices were represented there and I am glad that the city council didn't decide tonight to try and just like bump this number by more and I'm sure there'll be more conversation when it goes back to council and they actually try and ordain it and pass it um but I I expect it will go through and I am happy that there was kind of this continuous voice of we, we have to do more we have to do more um, we have the ability to do more and we have the responsibility to do more. 
uh, and that that made me happy. Unfortunately, there was very little that said like we should you know just set a single rate and stop worrying about charging developers for twenty seven different things, which is more what I would like. Uh, but we I did not engage in that conversation today because I think it seems like that wasn't really what was what was going on there. Um, so I'm still. You know, a lot of the a lot of the frustration and anger that I had last week on this topic really still does apply. It just didn't apply tonight, and so I just kind of like whatever. It's, it's fine. Move on. Deal with it. It's fine. Um, at the city council this week, probably the most exciting thing for many people was that the city has dedicated a one million dollars to planting one thousand trees in the next year, which is not bad. I, like, I think that that's actually, like, a thousand trees is actually a pretty pretty decent amount. You know, one of the typical calculations that I always do with any spending that the city is doing is say, okay, how much housing could that build? Uh, generally speaking, you can take it in any number and divide it by 500,000, and that's about how much housing you could build with that number. So a million dollars, you're talking about two homes that you could build instead. And, and the math that I have done back and forth, and there's a lot of variables in this, but suggests that... Um, you know, every home you build uh, is equivalent to uh, saving about 450 trees worth of carbon emissions. Uh, now, obviously, trees are not the only thing, the only benefit you get from housing, but, uh, you know, if you look at a family that moves to Cambridge from Waltham and their average uh, emissions that they make moving from, from Cambridge to Waltham, from Waltham to Cambridge, um, overall, uh, because Canterburyans, you know, take more public transit, because they live in, you know, denser housing and all these other things, uh, you actually, like, you save on emissions by being in Cambridge versus versus other places. And if you look at that dif distinction uh, between Waltham and Cambridge, you're talking about a distinction about 450 trees per year, uh, which means that if you build two homes, that's equivalent of, of not cutting down 900 or, you know, of saving 900 trees worth of, of carbon emissions. Um, so the fact that we're spending a million dollars and we think we're gonna get a thousand trees out of it is great. Uh, unfortunately, that number kind of doesn't agree with the urban forest master plan, which suggests that the number is more like $1,250 to $1,750 per tree once you include maintenance and other things like that. So realistically, I think that we're not going to get 1,000 trees. We're going to get 500 trees. And once we get 500 trees, uh, that number math doesn't work out so much anymore. But but it's a million dollars and trees are important. I really do think that uh, maintaining and and increasing our urban overall urban forest is is healthy uh, that we should be working with especially on public property to restore things like empty tree wells to do uh, infrastructure work to allow trees I think that trees create um, elements of, of healthy streetscapes and and really can make a difference um, and I, I hope that that money is put to good use uh, the other thing that some folks were excited about is that they want to put um, circular bike locks on the parking meters so that you can park more bikes attached to them. I, you know, I don't know. I've only been a cyclist for the past six months or so. I, I had a bike a long time ago, but I really never biked around Cambridge until the summer. Um, and it's, it's new. It's not been my experience that 
parking my bike is really a, a limiting factor in taking my bike places. Between uh, the number of like street signs for that I can lock to or you know other elements that are around, I, I just never have had a problem where I'm like, you know, combined with especially with public racks and think places like Central Square, um, private racks and places like Kendall Square, it's just not a problem that I've really had. So I don't know, maybe there's a lot more problem in other places of meters for other people, but but it's not really been an issue for me. Um, and of course, this is phrased as have the city manager study and get back to blah, 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 blah. Uh, and to me, that just means like the city manager will come back in eight months and say it can't be done for some God knows what reason. Uh, and and we won't do it. So it's not that I like object to the counselors making these requests. I really do think that they're good. Uh, but I just don't know what to like expect out of them because I just don't have a lot of expectation uh, out of the city manager. Um, the the city's tree protection ordinance uh, was extended, our tree cutting moratorium uh, was extended to the end of December or until a new tree cutting ordinance is passed. Um, so uh, that is continues to be in place. And this is part of the reason why for me coming tonight to the city council and talking about the inclusion or incentive zoning process is, is really important is that I know how much short-term measures that we expect to be short-term can turn into long-term measures if we're not thoughtful about it. Uh, and so, you know, I, I really want to push on the city council to not let these things slide, to not let things fall through the cracks. And, and you know, it, it can be, it can be difficult um, to, to be in that, that position. Um, I also know that I'm, I've, I've got, you know, friends in the community who are building various things who, who I think will be, you know, cranky at me for, for, you know, fighting them on this and, and might as well have the fight as at every moment I can, uh, here comes the fight. Um, uh, the Grand Junction, uh, Grand Junction rezoning. Uh, so this is uh, Alexandria owns a couple of parcels over by the Grand Junction path. Um, and apparently they have come to some agreement where they've always been talking about there's a big there's a big electrical substation Eversource wants to put in uh, at at uh, Fulkerson Street um, that has been part of like Alexandria buying that out or something along those lines has been part of this decision. Uh, it sounds like the city manager has worked with private businesses to find a new place to put it. Um, and so that is a thing that is going on. Uh, so, you know, this is, this is, uh, uh, something that's been going on for a while. Um, if this is actually going to happen, I don't know if it's going to be the Volpe site or if it's going to be, you know, in the basement of the new Google building or whatever it is. Uh, it sounds like there's going to be some resolution to this ongoing fight in Cambridge. Um, this is good, uh, because there's been a number of folks who've basically used this ongoing Eversource substation fight, um, as a blocker for a whole bunch of other, you know, reasonable discussions we should be having. Um, so that's, that, that, that may be moving forward. Finally, uh, the Alexandria petition has a drop dead date, which is in like the next two weeks before it has to be kind of passed on to the next stage of city council. Uh, so if that does not happen, it will be um, more interesting. So hopefully that gets done. That sets a time limit and a clock on that. My zoning petition, uh, to change the definition of family as it is written in the zoning ordinance, uh, is coming up before the ordinance committee next Tuesday. 
uh, is what it looks like at the moment. I have no idea when it will be before the planning board. Um, and uh, we'll see if that actually happens. I heard that might have to get rescheduled. But in any case, um, I, I have heard so far no feedback. I'm going to try and reach out and see if I need to be prepared for a big fight here or not. Um, but we shall see. <sighs> One of the questions that continues to be an issue for those of us who fight for more housing in Cambridge is to what extent do we have to kind of balance commercial development versus housing development? Um, one of the big issues is that our jobs to housing development has been really imbalanced, but it's unclear to, there, there's there's a desire from some in the community to slow down commercial development that we should say like no we don't want any more of xyz like we we don't want to do that and the problem is that when you slow down that commercial development where that commercial development goes given that cambridge is like one of the best cities in the country like outside of like downtown new york or something like that like cambridge has a 70 percent non-driving mode share to businesses like the people who commute like 70% of people don't commute by car. And there's not a lot of cities in the country, not in the world, but in the country that are better than that. So every time we move a job outside of Cambridge, unless it's like to downtown in the seaport or something like that, but there's really like a ton of development going on there and, and is going to continue to be regardless of what we do, uh, you're talking about moving it to places that are less transit mode share. You're talking about moving it to places that are less connected to the T. You're talking about places that are less connected to commuter rail. You're talking about places that are less all of these things. And so all of that commercial development that you move out is, is going to go to someplace where it's going to make job sprawl and commute emissions worse. When you move jobs from Cambridge to Waltham, people are going to drive to Waltham. When you move jobs from Cambridge to Denver, Colorado, people are going to drive from wherever they are to Denver, Colorado. When you move jobs from Cambridge to the Silicon Valley, like you are going to be having people drive to those jobs. And, and if we don't take the jobs here, they're going to be in places that make climate change worse. We need to be taking advantage of the fact that we are a biotech powerhouse where every company that wants to work in biotech wants to be here, use that opportunity to reverse jobs brawl, to bring jobs into the core, to make things transit accessible, and to use that great opportunity where companies that are you know wealthy and willing to pay to be here are, are providing services for the residents that, that account for their impact on the community. And, and yes, we need to be building more homes. But the reason that we're not building more homes is not because we're building, that there's lots of jobs going in. Like the reason that we're not building more homes is that we've made it largely illegal to build homes. That it's very difficult to build homes in Cambridge. And, and even in areas where we have done a ton of like intentional design to make it easier to build in Cambridge, we have not successfully like allowed for the tools that builders need 
to do that. Like even in Central Square, where there's been changes to a whole bunch of regulations around uh, around you know FAR and limits and everything else like that, or Harvard Square, like we have not made it straightforward to build to build houses in Central Square. Um, it still turns into these big fights. And so like this, one of the things we need to do is like, it's not that we need to stop the jobs, it's that we just need to build a lot more homes. And people are like, well, Cambridge is already really dense and blah, blah, blah. I'm like, yeah, but so what? Like I like, I, I just, I don't know. This is just so frustrating to me is that I love being in Cambridge. I love renting in Cambridge. I love living in Cambridgeport. And I said the other day that literally like, I'm looking at, at having to move out of Cambridge and having to pay to be someplace else because I don't know that I can afford to be here anymore. And it's really hard because I think I live in the best place in the country. As far as walkability, access to transit, like dense, you know, uh, middle, middle density housing that gives me access to a whole bunch of people and shops and restaurants and easy access to jobs and all this other stuff. Like there's no place better in the country for me to be than in Cambridgeport or the port or, you know, mid Cambridge or something else like that. The opportunities here are just tremendous for the things that I want most. And there's a couple other places in the country where maybe it's close. Like if you look at Bernal Heights in San Francisco, or you look at probably some areas of like Seattle or, or other things like that, like maybe there's a couple of places that are, are close where you're almost at the same level as being in Cambridgeport or right next to Central Square. But, but really, like this is it. Like as far as I'm concerned, I would rather not live anywhere else in the world. And, and with that being the case, like wh why, why don't we wanna make, why, do you, why would you want, <laughs> this sounds stupid, like I'm just having a hard time even, even saying it, but like, like West Cambridge is not like Cambridgeport. And I can't put my head around someone who looks at like Harvard Square and says like, I prefer this to Central Square. I just can't. I can't look at someone who looks at, you know, the, like mansions on hills and is like, yeah, this is really the neighborhood that I want to feel that I want to be in. But, but, but even if you feel that way, like even if what you want is like quarter acre lots with big old houses that are, you know, 4,000, 5,000 square feet, even if you don't want to live in a place where you might have to see an apartment building, like, aren't there a lot of places you could do that where you don't have to pay $4 million for a house? Aren't there a lot of places where you could do that? Like, if you're going to drive everywhere anyway, like, why live in Cambridge? And if you already live here, look, I, look, I, I get it. Like if you bought your house for $125,000 back in 1982 and like, you don't, you don't want to leave. Like I get that. I don't want to force anybody out. Like forced relocation, not, not my, not what I'm proposing here, but I, but I am confused about like, wh why would you move to Cambridge? Like, why would you buy a $1.2 million house now and then complain in like, you know, Professor Hill or whatever it's called, Strawberry Avon Professor's Row, um, and then be like, well, I don't want to have any apartments near me. Like, why buy in Cambridge then? Like, aren't there cheaper places? Like, you can move to Belmont. <laughs> like, Belmont has houses too, or maybe not Belmont. Maybe, maybe you know, you got to be in Westford, but you're going to drive everywhere anyway. Why do you care? 
Like, you know, everyone's complaining about the traffic. Like, if you're in the car, you are the traffic. Like, most of the traffic in Cambridge doesn't start or end in Cambridge. 80% of it is just passed through. So, like, the only people who are, like, getting stuck in traffic in Cambridge are people who aren't, who are driving. I don't, I don't know. I don't know. Like, as a renter in Cambridge for 15 years, like, I love the fact that, like, Cambridgeport is dense, and it's twice as dense as West Cambridge, and I just can't imagine looking at West Cambridge and saying, this is the ideal. Like, this is exactly the, the, the things I want. It's the, exactly the affordability and the access to restaurants and the access to the transit and the access to roads and, like, all those other things. Like, like I, I mean, I look at, at some of the stuff and I'm like, well, why is there an empty lot here? Why do I have to, why can't, why aren't there more restaurants on, on River Street? Like, why aren't, why aren't we doing more? Like, why is there an empty, like, first floor, like, office space at, at you know, River and Kelly Road? Like, what, what's up with that? Like, why isn't there somebody in that space? Like, why doesn't somebody want to take that? And, and you know, why can't we make that a pop-up location for a while where some small business comes in and, and tries something out? Like, what, why, why things? Why all the things? Um, but really, the thing that I struggle with the most is just, like, wanting to have the suburban, idyllic lifestyle. Like, buying into now the suburban idyllic lifestyle by trying to buy something in West Cambridge and then maintain it exactly as is, thinking that West Cambridge is the best that it could be, that's weird to me. Like, that doesn't make I, I can't wrap my head around that because I just think that Central is so much better. Now, granted, I've lived there, whatever, but, like, I've, I've lived in, in Manchester, New Hampshire. I've lived... Uh, I lived, I grew up on a quarter-acre suburban lot with a much bigger house than I'm in now, and, and, like, it's not that that was bad, but, like, I couldn't walk to restaurants. And, and this is, like, if you look at West Cambridge, big chunks of it, it's like, well, you want to walk to a restaurant? Like, good luck. Like, you got a ways to hike, buddy. And I just can't imagine thinking that that's the ideal. I can't imagine thinking that that's the, the one thing that I want to really do. That I, like, this is, that's where I struggle. I struggle a lot. I struggle a lot to look at and be like the 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 ideal the the situation we have is ideal because I always want something better and and you know in Cambridgeport where I am like what I want is for um, River Street to be a a, a re have retail I want ground floor retail up and down River Street I do. Um, I want small restaurants and, and I want, I, I miss river gods. I want a bar back. Like I, I, I would love that. I would love to rethink the zoning of our transit corridors to allow for new kind of stuff to be built that would, or established or whatever else like that, that would kind of build that up. And I look at things like, um, the East India trading company, uh, the, you know, vintage clothing store that has amazing displays, and I really need to go in there um, at some point, and I have not, but, like, has amazing displays all the time. Or I miss, you know, River Gods having a small small, small bar uh, near near my house. Um, having more opportunities for these. Coast Cafe, right? Coast Cafe is a great little cafe. Um, and I have more opportunities for these things, but it seems like through a combination of zoning and these buildings are all kind of built up and maybe they can't do everything they want to do. Like these things make it hard to see the path forward without accepting change. 
And I think that, you know, Central Square, like, has has obvious remnants of, like, literally of buildings that were torn down to deal with the Depression, lower property taxes during the Depression. Uh, and, and we're kind of still living with that 100 years later. And I get why, you know, there was the World War II and then the baby boomers and people moved out of town and white flight and blah, blah, blah. Like, these things all all combined and coalesced into what we have. But I feel like it's time for change. I feel like with increased urbanization, um, like even if you set aside, like the rent is too damn high, right? Like that was the very first episode of the show. The rent is too damn high, but how high is it? Looking at how much rent costed around Cambridge and, and what that actually means and everything else like that. Like set aside the rent, like, having more stuff nearby seems good. And if you don't want more stuff nearby, aren't there a lot of places you can live? That just, that's where I struggle. Like, I want to live in Cambridge so I can ideally live without a car most of the time. I mean, I've still got a car at the moment because I, I have to drive the family reasons. I'm driving back and forth to New Hampshire, you know, once a week. But I... I want to live my daily life without a car. I want to live a life where I can walk to the grocery store, where I can, you know, run to a restaurant, where I can go to the bar without having to hop into a car. And and it just strikes me as odd that people want to move here, but then not have that. People who get upset about the idea of losing parking spaces or even street parking. It's just weird. I really like being in Cambridge, but I like it because it's a city, not because it's a slightly denser suburb, you know, not because it's a kind of closed off enclave from the rest of the world. I, you know, the, the, the People's Republic of Cambridge is the, the view that I like, and maybe that never existed during my time here, but that's the thing I want to see more of. To bring more of everything. And I don't even know what that means necessarily. I, I, I don't. But for people who want to make there be less. Or keep it the same. I'm just like, why less? Why the same? Why not more? More people, more houses, more restaurants, more bars, more clothing stores, more, you know, vintage shops of all kinds. More of all the stuff. Because the stuff is what makes being here interesting, and I feel like if we had more stuff, it would be more interesting. And I don't mean more like 17-story office buildings, that's boring. I mean like more small stuff? That's really what I want. I want more, you know, black ink, and I want more yarn shops and gather here, and I want more community spaces, and I want more dance studios, and I want more, like, art galleries, and I want more stuff. So, I know not everybody agrees with me, but that's my goal. It's more stuff. And to have more stuff, you kind of need more people that want that stuff. As a 15-year renter, I want more stuff. I'm Chris Schmidt. I'll see you next week.